an absolute classic from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know that track. Joined in the studio by Dina Curry for our Radiothon show. Welcome to 3CR. Hello. Thank you for having me. Very excited. It is so exciting that you're here. We have $850 to raise. We can do that. We can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So you can ring us on 94198377 or you can um, text us on 0488 slash donate. Dean, what have you been up to? Oh, you know what? It's been quite the busy week for me because it's Southern Hibernation, uh, which means we have bears from all around Australia and New Zealand uh, coming to Victoria to be a part of the events that they haven't been able to be a part of for the past two years because we haven't been able to have a big berry event uh, like that where everyone's been able to come together. So we've actually had a banger of a week uh, filled with berry fun. We had the 2021 Mr. Australasia Bear competition on Monday night and tonight we have the 2022 comp. So a title holder just had to have the title for four days. Oh my God. So what is involved in in a bear pageant? Well, an, in a bear pageant, there's three rounds. One of the reasons why I love a bear pageant is because bears come in all shapes and sizes. Some have hair, some don't. And the, all the people who have set 20 years ago, when they had the Mr. Australasia Bear competition, I think it was, yeah, 20 years ago, anyone could enter. And one year they actually had like 22 entrants in, which was a little bit crazy. Now it's the title holders from different bear communities around Australia and New Zealand. So their state or uh, organisation that those title holders all come together for a big competition to see who is going to be on top as Mr. Australasia Bear. So the first round is the bear wear, where they come in bear casual and we have a little bit of a chat. The second round is barely there, where they wear a little bit less and once again answer some questions from the judges and have a chat. And then they have a talent section. And before all of that, they get to have an interview with the judges and then the and then the audience gets to vote and then all those votes are tallied and whoever's got the most is the winner. Tell us about bear culture because it's very inclusive. It absolutely is. Look I will preface by saying this with everything in our communities. It's inclusive for some. Some don't feel it is. Everyone has a space that might be for them. And some people think it's one way or another. There are a lot of people that think the bear community has to just be the big, burly, lumberjack-type individual. But one of the wonderful things about the bear community and the way in which the rise of the bear community started in our communities is it came from a place of people that went, we are different and we are different to what we see, the way, what other people see, and we want to create a space for ourselves. And that's actually how our bear communities all around the world started. So it really is a celebrate of masculinity in all its shapes, sizes, forms and expressions and a safe space for everyone to be themselves. And it's a great community, the bear community. It is uh, wonderful. It's, it's, it's something that really brings people together uh, and it makes a huge difference for so many people, especially during, you know, the pandemic, you know. Honestly, it really does. Like the the... As silly as it sounds, a bear hug is a wonderful thing to get. And there is such a lovely energy and community that exists. This year, after two years of not being able to have events in general or these big events where people can come together from all around the the country or the world. This is the first time in two years and this week, the energy from the many different people that have been coming down through the week to Melbourne to be a part of the events has been just so friendly and welcoming. So tell us about the 2021 winner. 
Well, the 2021 winner was actually Mitchell, Mr. Bear Perth. And one of the reasons why I love Mitchell's a wonderful individual and a wonderful ambassador for their communities. One of the wonderful things about Mitchell is uh, a lot of people think you may look at Mitchell and go, well, I wouldn't necessarily call Mitchell a bear. Mitchell likes to wear high heels. Mitchell doesn't have that much hair. Mitchell likes to paint their nails. Mitchell doesn't identify within the binary. And that's one of the wonderful things about the that's just one of the wonderful things about Mitchell winning the title and Mitchell being able to be themselves. But Mitchell's actually also just ridiculously awesome. Just a fabulous individual that honestly just speaks from the heart. And this is what was really interesting about the competition that we had on Monday night. I was hosting it and we, and all of the title holders were fantastic. But because they were only having a title for the four days, they all were just their authentic selves up on the stage. And it was a beautiful thing to see. I wouldn't have wanted to been judging it because every single contestant was lovely. And the current title holder who tonight will hand their title holder to someone new is just a wonderful genuine authentic human it is Radiothon you are on In Your Face on 3CR with James and the wonderful Dina Curry in the studio with me that number to make a donation we've got an $850 target is 94198377 donate uh, donate please do or 3cr.org.au forward slash donate or SMS 0488809 Now, Dean, it's been a full-on few months for the community. What is your reading of how the community got through the election campaign? Uh, Barely, by the skin of our teeth. Like, we're all happy where the space exists now, to a point. But um, it's it's still a hard road. I mean, as we'd be aware, if anyone's been watching what's been happening in the past week, just in relation to the Greens that we've had here in Victoria, it's been a really tough time for trans individuals in our community. So while we all feel like, yay, we got over one hump because we have a new space and place to be able to look at and a new hope as it was that you know we didn't know what was going to happen we still have to face the realities that there are many people that don't feel like the the validity of many people in our communities is valid and that's ridiculous and we need to remember that and keep supporting and pushing forward look the stuff with the greens is really disappointing there's obviously big divisions within the party you know in relation to transphobia we had ricky spencer on the show last friday who was the convener of Mm -hmm. the queer greens Mm -hmm. And uh, Ricky was just so animated, so, you know, vivacious. A um, wonderful, oh, just a wonderful individual. Wonderful person and feeling really optimistic yeah. after the election campaign. I asked her and she said, look, I am feeling optimistic. We got through it. Yeah. You know, I was really, really excited. There was the Greens conference on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then all of this stuff about transphobia came out and she's resigned as yeah. the convener of the yeah. Queer Greens, which is really sad. But it's only a very small number of people within the Greens. Most of them are incredible incredibly inclusive. It absolutely is. And and I will say as well, Ricky's just a wonderful ambassador for those who are more, more further marginalised. I'm part of um, the Yarra City Advisory Council with Ricky and love how they speak, articulate and remind us all what we need to be thinking of. I think one of the important things to remember, yeah, it is a slither in it, uh, but th- that slither can still be a little vocal and people forget that it might be a small part of it. I think it's just, I personally just can't respect anyone that intentionally misgenders as individuals and doesn't treat them with respect. I don't know how you can think you're going to be in politics and say things that aren't going to, at the very least, create a space of respect for all people. If you can't do that, why should we respect you? Absolutely. Of course, the coalition has completely screwed itself, I think, with lots of sections of the of the public over its yep. transphobia. And that's going to take more than just, you know, you know, a, a change of leader and um, getting rid of Scott Morrison. It's a it's a generational problem for them now. Absolutely. Do you know one of the things I I love that I've seen since the uh, marriage equality 
what was it, a plebiscite thing that happened? Postal survey. Uh, yeah, postal survey. I can never remember the because honestly, it was such a that I just kind of put the words out of my out of my head. But at that time, the the Liberal Party absolutely used um, the fact uh, transphobia. You know, we'll give you this, but segregated the trans community and actually used that to give our community something that they wanted. We we did leave our trans and gender diverse community behind, and we we needed to put the work in to do that. And every time they've tried since then, it's been a hard no. Absolutely not. We see what you're doing. Absolutely not. We're not falling for it. At the time that marriage equality happened, they used that as a tool to really create a wedge between our communities. And it, it created a lot of hurt for the trans and gender diverse communities that we, as cis-identifying individuals, need to validate and realise we need to do more work for. But every single time they've tried, what, four and a half years since then? And they've tried like three that I can think of off the top of my head. Every time they've hit it like that, every single time, we haven't had a bar of it. And I think that speaks to not only the strength of our communities, but the importance of realising that, you know, it's not just about us cis same-sex people, but we need to create the space for everyone else and they deserve that as well. 94198377 for the 3CR Radiothon. Or you can text us 0488 3cr.org.au slash donate. You are on In Your Face on 3CR with James and Dean. And uh, here are the white stripes.
Stripes there, Jolene. You are on Interface on 3CR with James and the legendary Dita Curie. It's Radiothon 94198377. You've got some donations. We do. Thank you to Liam from West Brunswick and Matt from Carlton. Thank you to you both. Every donation counts. And we have some more as well. Andrew Harvey, $60. Thank oh, you so much. And uh, the legendary Alison Thorne, $30. Oh. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Every little bit makes a difference. Dean, you were just saying off mic that you used to be on Joy FM and you were doing a drive time show and you'd be editing articles for Star Observer at the same time. (laughs) I juggle. Look, I I didn't get the title of busy. I didn't even create the title for myself, but people started calling me busy homosexual and they did it for a reason. So I used to be on the Wednesday show at Joy, Mad Wednesday with Michael Dalton. And while we'd be doing the drive show, I'd also be crafting and editing articles for Star Observer and Same Same, editing photos and then prepping for Trivial Hassoot at the lead that night. I like to keep busy, it seems. Look, you haven't stopped. Tell us about your alter ego, Frock Hudson. Frock Hudson, well, I mean, look, I love Frock Hudson. I love being Frock Hudson, and I've been really lucky in the past few weeks to be able to be a part of some amazing regional queer events, that, and even just today, some amazing Pride events. I actually was at the second Gippsland Pride Gala hosting that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was just wonderful. Gippsland is a huge area with a queer community that don't get to come together as much as they could. During the day, they were doing the roller derby Pride Cup, and that was so fantastic. But to have, like, more than 450 queers and allies come together and party that night. And for some people in the area, this was their first time, you know, over the age of 40, first time expressing who they are and identifying it and being in a safe space with other people. And, oh, how we danced that night away. You did a Pride event today. And I also did a Pride event this morning. You've done two today. <laughs> I, that, that, so this morning I, I was at Eltham Library uh, doing their Rainbow Story Time. They have an amazing library there. And the last time they did Rainbow Story Time before uh, COVID, it caused quite the palaver and and uh, there was a lot of complaints and the drag queen ended up being, uh, that hosted the lovely Annie, ended up, um, Annie Depressant ended up being on the project and Sunrise and all these things because uh, people complained. And it was this, uh, you know, of course, you're going to get some people complaining because I don't know why they thought I was going to be doing a strip number or something in the library. But I had the most (laughs) wholesome, wholesome morning today because I got to go to Eltham Library dressed up like crazy. There was families and children and we read some wonderful pride story, uh, prideful stories about you being yourself, two of them by... Victorian parents of uh, children who identify outside of the the norm and uh, it was a really wonderful experience and just seeing them and having fun with them and they made little rainbow collages was just really awesome and to have that kind of a space in Eltham do that kind of expression and create a safe space for anyone to just come and be a part of was really wonderful. It's amazing isn't it that people find that threatening when it's so affirming for kids and so nurturing uh, and really 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 helpful for their development. Oh so much on so many ways. You know what I reckon it is, though? People find threatening what they don't understand. When they think drag queen, they think of either the craziness they see on TV or what they think or see in a nightclub, and they don't realise it's the regular story time that libraries do all the time, every week. Uh, it's in line with what they do. Obviously, I have a working with children's check as well. So, But there's nothing out of the norm of what happens every single week, except maybe I'm wearing a smidge more makeup and a wig.
It is Radiothon 9419 8377 SMS 0488 809 855. We have $850 to raise and or go online. It. Yeah, we want to hit it. We want to reach it at uh, 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Dean, you have been involved in queer media for so long. You've seen a lot of changes. I really have. The landscape has been really interesting. I've, I've been really blessed to be able to be on all spectrums from uh, video and television to actual creating articles and editing them, photography, and also radio. And we've seen these mediums evolve in such a huge way. I think one of the things for me is always keeping connected to my community. So when there were opportunities in other avenues, for me, it's about grounding myself in my queer community and what that means. And I'm really excited for the space that we're in now. You know, the space where community radio has such voice is a huge thing for me and and the voice that it creates and the way that it actually sets the agenda from a mainstream perspective is also really cool as well. I mean, you get out and about so much you speak to so many people are you hearing some common themes in our queer community at the moment at the moment i'm it's I don't think this year we get to just tick a box in regards to common themes. They're still a bit all over the place. I think we're going to find at the beginning of next year, we're going to have a lot of things settle down a bit more, especially here in Victoria. We've had two years where we've been locked away. I think everyone's eager, but tired. Everyone's passionate, but exhausted. I think that we've got those two high mediums that sit in a space for everybody. And I think it's really important for us to just create a space to be able to be ourselves and to create a little space for community. I think one of the things that's really exciting is seeing little pop-up spaces, little pride spaces in other areas and ways. Online events are still going on in a really awesome way. People are taking their time with creating events and not just chucking things out every single week. The first big unicorns party was just uh, tickets went crazy yesterday when it was so, uh, put on sale. Oh, what's that? Oh, unicorns is a wonderful, wonderful party. Do tell. Uh, that uh, it literally, not just party with events and things, but has a, had a really, uh, the lovely Jelsea that organised that has a really amazing focus on a, creating a, proper, a space for people that don't necessarily define within the binary and really make sure there's accessibility for the accessibility of the space, expression for the individuals, Ausland interpretation. There's a lot of work that goes in to creating a really queer, accessible event. Other people get to, you know, they can go to the bars down on Smith Street and some of them cater brilliantly for the cis gay male, but not necessarily for the trans or gender diverse. And, that you know, our, our mainstay spaces are learning what they can do and how they can do to do that. But the fact that, you know, these spaces, or parties and spaces are taking their time to create a space to be. But as I was saying with a, a couple of... The wonderful thing about the Rainbow story time I did today is some people who didn't even have children, they were just lesbians that lived in the area, just wanted to come and be in a safe queer space and came to the story time. And one of the things we were talking about is I think one of the joys that we're seeing after the past two years that we've had here in Victoria is a we're going backwards in a good way to what it means to connect, to what it means to create spaces and events. We're doing things in parks. We're thinking about how everyone can come together in a way that's comfortable for them. And I think that's really exciting. It is Radiothon 9419 8377. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James and Dean. And uh, here's Patty Smith. Sensation 
Classic album horses. That was Patty Smith, my we generation. It. Let's take it over. You go, Patty. Classic track. <laughs> Banger. Dean, what else have you been up to? Oh, look, I have been doing a lot. Last weekend, as uh, I was very blessed to be able to actually, I'm putting my frock Hudson hat back on again. Uh, I went to the Blue Mountains and went to the 40th anniversary of the Queen's Ball in the Blue Mountains, thanks mm-hmm. to the Three Sisters Social Group. They're a social group for. Uh, queer people, gay, queer. I'd say they're in the older spectrum, so they say gay. Um, I say queer a little bit more. Uh, and they have social outings and activities. And every single year they have this ball where they do a theme. And it was the 40th anniversary on Sunday. So I was really lucky to be able to host that. And uh, what I love about it is everyone dresses like to the nines in the theme. And we've got categories, best couple, best male identifying, best female advent- identifying, best table decoration, because they come in in the afternoon and decorate their tables as per the theme and Bell of the Ball. And when they described it to me, I thought maybe three people would get up. Like, it, it wouldn't be much. And the theme for this one, because we had the Queen's Jubilee and, and their anniversary was Ruby and Platinum. And I didn't reckon many people would get up. It was like 
there was at least 20 people for each category jumping up and doing their bits. The, my favourite one was the male identifying one because so many of uh, the, the people in the room just got up and the guys in the room just got up, even if they were just in a black suit, and strutted their stuff on the stage while everybody cheered. And it was really awesome to head to somewhere completely new and completely different where I ended up, turns out, Blue Mountains, I know a lot of people, but where we were able to just party in a different way. And so I love regional queer celebrations like, so much I can't get enough of them what else has been happening for you I mean during the pandemic you were doing so much online are you still doing lots of stuff online not as much now I'm doing online events for businesses um, who have still have people working from home and, and it's pretty much that or coordinating with um, people who are doing events in person and helping them to create a space so that they can make it accessible for people who don't want to come in which makes me very happy um, but it's obviously eased off a lot more because now we can get out and about and engage in different ways, which I'm all for. Um, it's uh, In a couple of weeks, I'm literally doing like two drag gigs in the morning and then in the afternoon, two online gigs, and I've just got to prepare. <laughs> it feels like I'm still in lockdown, the amount I'm working, which I'm not going to complain about. It is Radiothon. We do have some more donations. Bruce Francis, uh, $20. Thank oh, yay. you, Bruce. Thank you. Uh, Joe Malignaggi, $10. Thank you, Joe. Emily Hayes, $10. Thank you so Wonderful. much. And Jackie Brown. Love you, Jackie. $100. Yay. Thank you so much, everyone. 94198377.3cr.org.au slash donate. I love saying the slash bit. Or SMS is 0488098855. Now, Dean, we had, um, we had Daryl from the Australian Federation of AIDS Organisations, their CEO, Daryl O'Donnell, on the show last week. Uh, he was talking about monkeypox. Yes. What are people in the community saying to you? We've only had seven cases in Australia. Six were acquired overseas. Yeah. One was locally acquired. I think we're very lucky where everyone's just holding with bated breath. We have looked at the information. We're very grateful. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned that they've seen the information that Thorn Harbour have been putting out. Right now, we're waiting to see what happens, seems to be the consensus. Everyone's aware and understands, and we've all seen the articles because we all freaked out a little bit when uh, this began, you know, was being popped up, I think, at Darklands, uh, where we first started to see, you know, monkeypox popping up. And uh, everyone went, okay, we girded our loins and waited with bated breath, especially when we saw, you know, the media turning around and going, uh, this, you know, men who have sex with men, this only kind of affects them. Be careful, da-da-da. But the reality, I think, after the last two years of what we've gone through is there's a common sense approach to how we are handling ourselves with diseases and pandemics. We're still, you know, many, many people are still wearing masks, sanitising. We're still, you know, managing things in regard to the last pandemic that we're still living through with uh, COVID. So... Instead of what would have been, I think, the response a year and a half ago where people would have just been exhausted, I think everyone looked at the information, went, okay, this is what I need to know. And right now everyone's just hold, holding their breath a little bit and waiting to see what comes of it next because that's all we can do. I mean, the LGBTIQ community has so much infrastructure in place around community health and that was developed from the 80s onwards because of the HIV AIDS epidemic. So we're a very well-equipped community to deal with it. We are, but we also need to remember that people's heads and hearts are a huge part of that as well. And and just because we're in a space where we have amazing health organisations and community organisations communicating and informing, that doesn't mean that everyone's anxiety has lessened. I think we've got a year, like like I've been saying for maybe two years, it, 
I look at the COVID lockdowns and experiences that we've had with this pan- uh, the pandemic that we're still going through, like when you break up with someone. When you break up with someone, you have to look at the amount of time you're together, put it in half, and that's when you're really going to feel over them. You know, you'll always have those little twings and things, and you'll suddenly realise if you've been going out for two years, a year afterwards, like a year and two days, you'll just suddenly won't think about them as much. It's the same thing with the anxiety and stress of what we've experienced over the past two years. I don't think it's going to be till like about April next year that we're all going to unclench a little bit and breathe. And that's okay. It's about continuing to move forward and acknowledging if you're not all right, because there are support services there for you. And unlike HIV and COVID, monkeypox is actually something that you can kind of see because um, it's transmitted through open sores Mm. and and intimate contact with those open sores. So that, I think, makes it easier to deal with. It does. I mean, it all just depends on the circumstances and experiences. I mean, the same thing can be said for herpes in a lot of scenarios with people. But um, it's just a matter of being aware of yourself, being aware of the scenarios that you're putting yourself into and making sure you're doing everything you can. It's like in any scenario, say... To use a broad analogy that I like to use with this, say if you're going to have have intimate relations, sex with somebody, I don't. Sometimes I might talk to them about my sexual history or uh, my status in regard uh, and what it is. Sometimes we may not be in a scenario where we have that conversation. My theory is I do everything I can to play smartly and play safely and don't make assumptions about the other individual. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm doing the best thing I can if we're not going to talk about it. So in regards to this as well, it's the same thing. If you look after you, think about what you're doing, do it smartly and and wisely, then you're going to be protecting yourself the best you can. And you can pass that calmness and information on to others as you do things with them. 94198377 3CR's Radiothon. You are on In Your Face on 3CR with James and Dean. Now, Dean, what does community radio mean to you? What words come up for you when you think about your years of experience on community radio? Community radio to me literally means everything. You do not get the kind of diversity and strength and passion anywhere else than you get in community radio. It really is a space to where grassroots information and activism sits and is strengthened from. And I think the history of people that are a part of community radio and the expression that they bring to it is everything. For me, community radio is is it all. It's the foundation that builds into a more informative and entertaining space and world that we're a part of. 94198377. You are in, in your face on 3CR and here's Marsha Hines. With their classic, one of them. Love and many.
Marsha Hines, I've got the music in me, and you're on In Your Face on 3CR. And we're all about Radiothon today. Yeah, 94198377. We've had some donations. Oh, yay, what have you got there? We have a huge, huge thank you to Lottie from Caulfield, who's donated $103.25. Neil Farrow has donated $103.25 from Kyneton. Thank you, Neil. And Brenda, who's donated $25.81 from Coburg. Thank you, Brenda. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. That's so good. You can go to 0488-809-855 if you would like to text us a donation, your details, or 3cr.org.au slash donate. Dean, you're a cabaret artist as well as many other things. When are you going to be on, on stage with your cabaret again? You know what's funny? I made a deal with myself, um, especially after I had to move one of my midsummer shows at the start of this year, that I was going to uh, take April off. And I was going to work on a show that I've been wanting to work on, a couple of shows, and really start laying the groundwork. And uh, that didn't happen because <laughs> we just kept rolling. Community events have just kept happening. And I actually realised a couple of weeks ago, I need to start putting that work in and working on my cabaret work and actually putting some shows together so I can hit the ground running next year. I'm a little excited. I'm going to be um, do. Everyone knows, you know, I frock up, I can read to kids, I can do entertaining stuff. So I've got plenty of events coming up, but I really want to get back to my roots which is cabaret and performing to people. So I've got some shows that I'm working on. One is about fat phobia. Uh, Love that. I've had, um, and as we've talked before about on the show, I'm a big supporter of body positivity in all its different shapes and sizes, whatever that may be for you. And um, I've had this in the back of my mind for a while. So at the moment, the working title is Gina Kiri Choose the Fat. We'll see where that goes. But uh, the work is still going strong. I mean, you've done so much for body positivity uh, and fighting body dysmorphia in the community. I've just been me. I, I If people see that as a lot of stuff, cool. I've just been me and and happily so for me that that's what matters i haven't i don't i haven't set out to this is the first time i'm kind of creating something where i'm setting out to set the record or the tone for myself and a space for other people i guess i've just always kind of been myself and created a space where i'm comfortable and if i'm comfortable then other people will and when we talk about that you know yes i'm a fat fella but that comes in all shapes and sizes some people uh don't like their body whether you see that or not is a whole different story. So body dysmorphia is a really interesting uh, and crazy thing for, for many different people in many different ways. So it's really about you being comfortable with you and what that means. There's a lot of talk about body dysmorphia in our community. How widespread do you think it is? Um, well, in our community, I know it's huge from the many people that I talk to in a lot of different ways and, and what that can mean. You know, there's, there's the reality uh, for many people who are 
part of their body isn't their identity uh, and so they have to change their body to express themselves the right way as a drag artist I reshape my body in a very massive way uh, to look like a bit of a cartoon character to entertain people but also then when I'm myself as my cabaret artist my body is my tool but it doesn't look like it used to when I did. I'm planning to take my S&M show to Feast Festival this year and I still have the chaps that I wore in the show and now I can't even get one leg into it. But that's okay because the show's still great and I still look great, but it's looking at the reality of that. But across our communities, we put too much... Um, too much pressure on people to look a certain way or be a certain thing for them to feel that they're attractive when attractiveness is in every shape, size, colour and way that a person can be. So that's not kinky cabaret. That's something else that you did. Uh, that's uh, the show that I'm working on something else but it's that realisation for me when I did the Kinky Cabaret I have this great photo of me in a harness punching a rose with sunglasses and look that cabaret was over a decade ago so everyone's body changes but But you brought it back yeah yeah but and and, and that's okay but it's it's that thing of going you know what do I want my body to be now and what do I want that to be that I'm comfortable with and as a performer and as an entertainer when I was younger you're going for auditions they want you to look a certain way and be a certain way and uh, I was always too short my nose was too big you know I had to deal with those kind of things but the reality that I'm a very broad individual would come into play a lot so it was like we can use you in a gym scene but we can't use you in a cafe would be a lot of conversations that I would be having because your body is the tool that people see in that industry which is one of the reasons why I stepped into a broader space for my entertainment and that but that still carries do you know what I mean like I've got to think about that this is how people see me that and a lot of people just look at the physical so that's why I put so much effort into what I say and how I entertain because then people get to see the whole picture. Do you think the entertainment industry is less kind of, you know, prone to racial typecasting than it was? We've certainly seen massive changes in so many different ways and shapes and forms of what the entertainment industry does and is. And that's because of so many different things, because of the reality of the changing landscape of what we're in, but also the reality of the changing medium of entertainment and what it means with streaming services services have changed so many different things. And the agency that individuals have in the industry to be able to speak up for themselves, is it as great as it can be? We've seen in the past year with certain court cases that the misogyny still exists towards women in a really massive way, and we're still not creating the spaces we need to to really elevate you know indigenous performers within australia but it's getting there in a big way and the work absolutely sits and being done and that's because of amazing individuals that are creating and doing that work and being given the space and access to do it it can always be more and always should. And we've just got to keep pushing against those blocks and boundaries that exist. One of the things I like to say to people is I think the last couple of years because of COVID have created a great space for us because the dead wood that kind of got in the way is, is we always, you know how you go, we've just got to wait for that to die out and it'll be okay. Those two years of everything just being halted has meant they're kind of, they've kind of stopped. They're, the bluster is gone and it's, it's creating this great new space and wave and energy that I honestly, I'm, I'm excited for the next 10 years. Nine four one nine eight three double seven. It's three CR Radiothon. You're with the, you're on in your face with James and Dean. And I've got another track. This is the fabulous non-binary John Cameron Mitchell. Drops in jelly roll 
sugar daddy Hansen needs some sugar in his bowl I'll lay a fine china on the linen And polish up the chrome If you get some sugar for me Sugar daddy, bring it home Blackstrap molasses You're my orange blossom, honey bear Just up like the disco dancing jet set in Milan and Rome If you've got some sugar for me, sugar daddy, bring it home Oh, the thrill of control Like the rush of rock and roll It's the sweetest taste I've known Oh yeah, if you've got some sugar, bring it home It's something to be seen There's wonder wild flowers And nectar for the queen And everything you bring me Got me dripping like a honeycomb If you've got some sugar for me Sugar daddy, bring it home Crossed my mind. Now I was thinking you'd look so fine in a velvet dress with heels and an ermine stole. Oh, Luther, darling, heaven knows. I've never put on women's clothes except for once my mother's camisole. So you think I'm the Oh, 
Hardwick and the Angry Inch, John Cameron Mitchell there, Sugar Daddy, a karaoke favourite. Yes, it is. It was actually Janet Berioke on Tuesday night. It was it was a hoot. Everyone was singing along. Berioke. Yes, yeah, so a part of Southern Hibernation, I hosted the competition on Monday night, the Mr. Australasia 2021 comp. I'm hosting tonight's Mr. Australasia 2022 comp, and I did Berioke, uh, where we basically, I started because I knew the bears love to belt out a tune. So I started at 6.30 and we ended at 1. That is fantastic. That was so, a huge Tuesday night. <laughs> so drug bears in harnesses doing karaoke? Uh, do you know what? Wearing whatever f- that made them feel comfortable. If they drinking wasn't their thing, that was completely fine because it was a Tuesday. But the karaoke went for, like, I started and it didn't stop. Brilliant. It kept on going. It's great. Got to love karaoke. You got to love it. 94198377. It is Radiothon. You've got a donation there. Yes, I do. I do. A big thank you to John McManus from DAPTO, uh, who's donated $25. Yay. 94198377.3cr.org.au slash donate. So, Southern Hibernation 2022. Yeah. So, the comp's tonight. Wow. Uh, and we have four competitors. We had three on Monday night because the, uh, the competitor for New South Wales, Mr. Harbour City Bear, um, Adam hadn't actually had an opportunity to do the co- to pass on their title. So they're the 2029, 2019 title holder. And every time they went to comp- do the competition, COVID shut down everything down. Last year, Southern Hibernation was shut down two weeks before it was meant to happen. So everything had to cancel because we were shut down back again in a lockdown. So it's kind of exciting to have four individuals come together. Unfortunately, the title holder from New Zealand um, still doesn't feel comfortable or safe uh, travelling across the pond, um, so isn't competing but and made that choice. But we do have some people who have come down, some um, people have come from New Zealand to come and be a part of the Australasian event, which is fantastic. So they're there in spirit. It is a great event. Now, what happens once you win it, once you get... St- once you get the sash. Well, like- then they're the representative for the area and they can do with that what they will. They've already been title holders in their own community. So now they get to, you know, whether it's raising funds or helping support the organisations and building visibility, whatever that means to them and what they want to do. And that's one of the things that they do before the competition starts. They have interviews with the judges and that what that means to them and what they want to do is part of what goes into play. And, and um, the outgoing... Mr. 2019, Mr. Australasia Bear, Duncan Peake, who was from Sydney, who did his farewell speech on he did, on Monday, did laugh saying this has been the longest 12 months of my life because it went for three years. But um, <laughs> it was it was interesting when we were just talking about all the different events and spaces getting to go to and take the sash with you, talking about, you know, even going to Tropical Fruits and uh, the visibility of, of what's needed for the flood relief there and having a title holder that wants to get their hands into the community, be seen, create awareness, and even just by wearing that sash, it shines a little extra light on all the different spaces, places and individuals that are a part of this huge community that we're a part of. And every time we get a little more of a light shone somewhere, it reminds us all of what we're a part of, of what we might need to be focusing on. Sounds like a real hoot, especially for the judges. I've never judged. I've only ever hosted. Um, and that's for me. Like, I wouldn't want to be one of the judges. I wouldn't envy them. There's always really wonderful, amazing individuals. I'd love to be a judge. I think it'd be so much fun. It's, I, I mean, I, it's, I think it's hard for them when, because they're doing a little point system, but when you get down to the final points, it can be difficult to go, well, what are we looking at here when we've got some stellar individuals all there? You, you're really looking at minute little details that they may be judging on. But at the end of the day, there's a diverse array of people that judge. They don't add up the scores. A tally master does that. And then whoever's on top is on top. 
Does it get really emotional when the winners announced? Are they like bursting to tears? Are they elated? Mitchell did on Monday night, was elated and then got quite emotional. Um, and even though they're holding their title, the, the current reigning title holder only has it for four days before passing it on tonight. <laughs> it means something to be that ambassador for your community. It means... That's another project I'm working on, by the way, in the back of my mind, a documentary about the pageant scene in Australia, because it is very different. Our queer pageant scene is very different to what exists in other parts of the world. It's inspired by it, but I think we've got an amazing flavour that comes with it. We're here for another five minutes, 9419 for the 3CR Radiothon, 9419 Donate. Wow. <laughs> donate. Why not? Tell, tell them why they should donate. You know why? Because community radio is everything. Uh, you like listening to it because you're obviously here having a listen. But also uh, the individualness that it brings forward, the passion and the community, strong community that it's a part of. And you by donating, you he- help keep it 3CR strong and help to keep it going. And uh, it doesn't run on, on air. So please uh, get, give what you can if you can and to help keep us going strong. You know, it's an amazing station. It runs 24-7. Yeah. It's got 137 shows at yeah. my last count, <laughs> which is amazing. Like and, a lot of stations so don't diverse. have that. Yeah, so right. Diver- I think what one of the things I love about 3CR is there's a strong diversity that exists here. And it's, it's really fantastic to see and hear. Yeah, absolutely. 400 volunteers as well. Um, and doing it during COVID, during the pandemic, people doing their shows remotely. It must have been really hard. Well, it was... People loved it, though. Like, it was hard, but people loved it and adjusted really, really quickly and were making radio in ways they thought they never, ever would, which was incredible. Completely revolutionised community radio. And doesn't it also speak to the power and the passion of community radio and the people involved where they found that renewed spirit and way to keep on going in a creative new way and create content for the listeners? Absolutely. 9419 Dean, we have... Oh, we've got another donation. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, Luke from Brunswick, $30. Thank you, Luke. Thank you so much. Dean, we have smashed our target. We are up to uh, $1,010. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From our $850 target. So thank you to all of those people who have um, donated. That is just really, really touching. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank Thank you you so so much. much. Um, We are out of here. Jacob is up next with a Friday rave. Dean, thank you so much for coming into the studio. It's been a real joy. It's been my pleasure. Taking us out is Katy Perry. We'll catch you next week on In Your Face. So fake, not myself, not my best. Felt like I failed the test. But every tear has been a lesson. Rejection can be God's protection. Long, hard road to get that redemption, but no shortcuts to a blessing. Yeah, I'm faithful. Scratch that, baby, I'm faithful. Gotta say it's really been a Be down, the eyes sparkle, 
Shine for- 